moving around your subject, being aware of what's happening in the background and moving your position, manipulating that scene, I think people would get 10 times better photographs if they just be aware of the light and what's going on in the background. Today, we're talking all about your images and how important is photography for marketing your business. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, helping home professionals, industry influencers, and creatives accelerate their business through an improved social media presence by translating digital influence into physical success. Whether your focus is interior design, travel and tourism, or hospitality, this is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. And I am back in the studio with the soulless ginger, the nag, Natalie Ann Graff. Natalie, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. So, Natalie Ann. Yes. You and I have made an executive decision. We have. To recover some of our time because we're going bat <laughs> between Darla Powell Interiors and Wingnut Social. We have made an executive decision. You guys may have noticed that the Monday Marketing Minisode is missing. Doot, doot. It's MIA. And that's just because Natalie and I have decided that running the two businesses, we just don't have the time or the bandwidth to keep putting out two shows a week. However, comma. We didn't want to leave you guys high and dry no. on the latest and greatest. Well, some of y'all are high. Well, you're always high. <laughs> but the latest and greatest on the Marketing Monday minisodes. And maybe we're just going to give you some little nuggets before our full podcast so you mm -hmm. guys can have what's happening in social media and still have our podcast all in one. It's like a combined. It's like a twofer. So if you guys are just all up in arms, email us and we'll consider bringing it back. But I don't think so. We just don't have the time. My team over at DPI, I don't even think they know what I look like. That could be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Natalie, that being said, tell us, what is the latest and greatest news on the horizon for social media marketing? Okay. Well, it's not happening here yet because it never happens in the States first. YouTube is actually testing a short version of videos called YouTube Shorts. Oh, like Reels or TikTok. Right. Oh. And so the deets of that is it's going to be similar to the TikTok. They're just going to be 15 second short videos. It can be set to music and videos can appear on the homepage. Uh, okay. So 15 seconds is kind of short. You know, TikTok, you can go up to 59 seconds. I know Reels is only 15 seconds too. Well, they're competing. The reason they're doing this is because YouTube is trying to compete with TikTok, obviously Instagram Reels, and they're trying to attract the younger followers over to YouTube. I actually have been getting into YouTube a lot lately. You know what I like a lot about it is you can open up the app and they have video in 4K and I can just turn on my Amazon TV or my Apple TV because, of course, I have both being such a dork. And the YouTube channel, I can just watch stuff on my 80-inch television. Yeah, there you go. And so just keep an eye out. We'll let you guys know when it comes into the States. But right now, it's Will just we? being... Well, we'll, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, that's going to be called YouTube Shorts. That's kind of a funny name. I mean, shorts, shorts. Shorts. Right now, it's being tested in India. All I can think of is SpongeBob SquarePants and his shorts. Right now, it's being tested in India. I, it seems kind of random for YouTube, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Guys, keep on the lookout for that for now, though. I wouldn't worry too hard about it. I would be focusing on Reels and, yes, even TikTok because it's still there. Didn't I read something that Walmart wants a piece of TikTok? Walmart wanted a piece. Oracle wanted a piece. And now President Trump has given them a deadline of November 12th. I think he did sign off and said, yeah, Walmart can buy some of it. We should probably do something about that more concrete. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, that's okay. just off the top of my ginger head. All right. So now let's get into our interview with Ralph Velasco. 
Natalie, you know that imagery and photography is so important in your marketing for your business, especially if you're a luxury, high-end aesthetic brand like the ones that Wingnut Social, a marketing agency, focuses on, specializes in our verticals. I do know that because if I didn't, then I'd be pretty dumb. But yes, well, I could be dumb anyways. But yes, I do know that. You said it. You said it. (laughs) High resolution, great photos are important. Professional photography. Yes, professional photography. Now, I do know iPhones take good pictures. Android take good pictures. They take good pictures. They take good pictures. But with that being said, Mm. don't post anything that's blurry or that's not just stunning from your iPhone. Right. So... How important is that for the interior design industry, for high aesthetic brands, but also in the travel industry, which has been incredibly hard hit with the whole coronavirus pandemic? I mean, no one's traveling. People are spending their travel money and other and home improvements, which is great for interior designers, not the greatest for travel. However, what goes down must come up. So you still have to keep your marketing on there. And today's guest, Ralph Velasco, is a professional travel photographer who has organized and led over 100 international tours for more than 12 years. Ralph is the founder and CEO of Photo Enrichment Adventures, where he creates small group cultural tours with a focus on photography. He is also the CEO of Ala Campagna Experiences, a series of exclusive small group experiences aimed at slow and intentional travel that truly immerses participants in the culture, food, spirits, and unique local activities specifically around the Mediterranean. That sounds amazing. It does, I want to take that trip. Bye. So in this podcast, we're going to discover how photography can help you sell and market your brand and how to improve your photography so that you can feature your business in the best light. Learn how to market by traditional and digital tactics. And of course, we're going to discover ways to pivot your business that has been impacted by COVID-19. Yes. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Ralph Velasco to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Ralph Velasco. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? Oh, I'm so good. You can't believe it. How are you? I do believe it. I'm amazing. And you know what I discovered is that you and my co-host here, the lovely Natalie Graff, have something in common. Do you know what that is? Gosh, no. What is that? Well, you currently are in Turkey and she is a turkey. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good one. Yeah, really? (laughs) Grown. (laughs) Oh, Darla, Darla, Darla. Yeah, you know, you're so corny. Speaking of, guys, you might want to stay tuned to the end for the bloopers because I have a feeling there's going to be some good ones. (laughs) (laughs) We may or may not in the green room found out that uh, Ralph here might be just like Darla a little bit. He and I are both, that's what she said, aficionados. So cheers. (laughs) Cheers to you. (laughs) All right, Ralph. Ralph, today we're talking about the importance of photography right? In your marketing for your high aesthetic luxury brand or for your travel business, how important is that for your interior design business? So tell us just a little bit about your bona fides there and we'll get into it. Yeah. So I've been organizing and leading cultural tours with a focus on photography around the world for about 12 or 13 years now full time. And in that period, I've done over 100 international tours outside of the U.S. and 100 in the U.S., And so I uh, bring small groups around the world and we uh, talk about travel photography and get into the culture and try to do a deep immersion into each of the places that we go. And it's been something that I've absolutely loved. I mean, I always say it it only took me 45 years to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, but uh, most people never do. So I'm happy about that. I did the same. It took me 47 
47 years is when I started okay. the design business. <laughs> You're a late starter. <laughs> yeah, but I'm young at heart, although I might be hot flashing as we speak, let me tell you. Okay, so let's talk about how important photography is and the aesthetic quality, having professional photography for your travel and tourism business, for your interior design business, or for any kind of marketing period. How did you discover that that was impactful to get people to sign up for your tours, to increase your travel business? And tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, certainly for travel, I mean, the images are what sell. The old adage, every picture paints a thousand words. It's probably more than that, but so important when it comes to travel because people want to have an idea of what they're going to see and experience when they go to a place. And I always scout our trips at least a year in advance and go to these places. Uh, and that's what I'm doing in Turkey right now is scouting for a future trip. I go there, I get all the photographs, I get the video, I meet the people, try the hotels and restaurants and all the experiences and activities that we'll do. And then I pick and choose what I think will work for our groups. And certainly the visual part of it when you're marketing mostly through the web, uh, through websites, through social media, the visual part of it is just so important, uh, especially for, you know, I don't call them certainly not photo workshops. And I even gotten away from calling them photo tours. So that's why I kind of came up with cultural tours with a focus on photography. So photography is a part of our trips, but the visual is so important. When you're doing these little scouts and you're checking things out, do you tease it via social media, like on a story or, hey, check out where I'm going to go to try to keep your future clients Titillated. Yeah. Attention. Oh, absolutely. It's a huge part of what I do. And yeah, you know, I'm here. Look at what I'm seeing, what I'm doing, who I'm meeting. And you could do this too. It's a big part of it. I just love to share and to share the places that I am, the people that I'm meeting, the things that I'm doing. And so it's not a, a blatant tease, but I mean, it, it, it turns out to be that for sure. So oftentimes you'll see me on Instagram and certainly Facebook where my market, uh, my people tend to be putting up posts and, and showing these things. And I often you know, say, hey, Ralph, you know, sign me up or put me on the interest list for that trip. It just looks fantastic. And so it's really a two for one. Do you know how many people that have watched that that say, sign me up, they actually go on the tour with you? Do you have like a percentage? Yeah, an exact number, not really, but uh, it's it's probably a good 50%. And the thing is about what I do is that I am asking people to come on a particular trip on a particular date. That may or may not work into their schedule. Their finances may be in a different place at different times. They might already have arrangements or whatever. So uh, that's why I do my trips over and over again. So, you know, if you can't make it this year, let's do it next year. Put it on the calendar. So it's kind of like a needle in a haystack. So I'm asking people, let's go to this particular place on these particular dates. And so all the stars have to align for that to happen. But I only need six or 10 people to come on a trip and I've thousands on my list. So it, all my trips almost always sell out. So over the course of time, since you've been promoting your travel tours with your photography, what have you discovered works and what works less well? Are you finding broader shots of the whole vista are better or some little vignette shots? Give us a little bit of advice there. As far as the types of images that work, yeah, the types of images that are the, you know, the are using filters, are lighter images better than darker images? What have you found works best for you to get the interest of people who are interested in taking your travel tours? Sure. So I 
am a travel photographer and I always say that a travel photographer has to be a jack of all genres, master of some. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, there are architecture photographers, people photographers, food photographers, people that specialize in a particular genre. But as a travel photographer, I think you have to be good at all these types of photography and to be able to tell the story and to give people an overall sense of the place. If I was running specifically food tours, then I would want to show all food photography. But I want people to come on my trips for an overall travel experience. So these are the landscapes you're going to get. These are the people you're going to meet. These are the activities you're going to be a part of. This is the food you're going to eat. And that tells the story and whether or not you're leading tours, but, but if you want to go to a place, capture a set of images and then show your friends and family how great that place was, you probably want to show them a variety of types of images and not just all pictures of plates of food and selfies that only go so far. That makes sense. And how that also can segue over to the interior design industry, too, is that on Wingnut Social, we've been posting a lot of travel pictures and great outdoor spaces that combine a little bit of that as well. And it, I think that all those things that you described, the people, the food, the places, I mean, I'm sitting here just dying to, to travel and you haven't even said anything specific <laughs> like a place because it elicits emotions, right? It, it helps to people to put themselves in that space, a good photography. For sure. And if I could expand on that uh, about the interior design. So I'm always talking about, as photographers, we're storytellers. So we go to these wonderful places and we want to come back with a set of images that tells a story. You don't have to tell the story of a place or a region or a country. It could be of the interior of a home. And that you're going to want to look for the big, wide, overall, what we call establishing shots, then the medium shots that show a portion of the room. Then you start getting into the details. And to me, the way to differentiate your photography is almost always in the details because everyone's getting that overall establishing shot, that postcard shot. But it's right. those people that are really seeing the photos within the photos, the photo opportunities within the scene, that I think that's the best way to differentiate your photography from someone else's or your interior, I suppose. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And in fact, you wrote a book called 101 Tips for Developing Your Photographic Eye and More. So we have a lot of people out there who are maybe they're just starting out there in their businesses and they're doing their own photography. How does someone develop an eye for that to, to know, okay. The photo within the photo. Yeah, the photo within the photo. I, big room shots kind of seem... You know, okay, big room shots. But when it comes down to getting those details and lining up those photos, what do you suggest for our listeners to improve their own photography skills? Or do they just give up and hire a professional photographer? <laughs> <laughs> like I do. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely something to be said for professional images that depending on what you're trying to do, it could really pay for itself to hire a professional who knows those things. But, you know, nowadays we're all photographers in some way or another. And it helps, even if you do hire a professional, to have a good sense of photography to then tell them what you're looking for, explain to it, you know, what about this kind of thing? I really want to emphasize this. And so I always talk about looking deeper into the scene. We all walk into that interior and we see that beautiful space, but then consciously look deeper into the scene and focus more on, let's say, the 12 vignettes within that scene. And then 
dig deeper into those. So you're like drilling down deeper and deeper. And uh, we all can do that. You don't have to be a photographer. We all do that subconsciously, whether or not you're taking photographs. And so my next book is probably going to be, and I'm, I'm just in the early stages of putting it together, about the difference between looking and seeing. And there's a big difference that we don't often think about, but we all walk into that room and we look at it. But what do you really see? And that's something that you need to do consciously. You need to really think about it and consciously look deeper and to recognize those little sort of sub photographs within the bigger scene. And anyone can do that. And having that capability. Now, uh, some people say that you have to be born with a photographic eye. And I don't think that's true. I think it can be learned. It helps if you mm. are, quote, born with a photographic eye, but it can mm. absolutely be learned. And so that's what I like to teach is teaching people how to see. I like that take because you're not wrong, right? When I enter a room or if I go somewhere and I see a beautiful space, you're taking in the whole thing first. And then as you're in it longer, you are starting to dial into more details and then dial into more details. So that progression actually puts it into a sense of understanding for me, right? I'm not sure I speak English for a living, but yeah, that, that makes total sense. Your travel photography is on your Instagram all the time, and it's under the Instagram account called Continental Drifter. So my question to you is the impact of social media. We talked about it, that you do get that sign up list. Hey, sign me up, sign me up. Do you run any paid ads on your Instagram account? I don't. I've never done uh, any paid ads on Instagram. I have done some Facebook ads. To be honest, I started a because I've got a new travel blog and YouTube channel called The Continental Drifter. And whenever I start a new brand, I create all the social media accounts for those platforms. And to keep it simple and kind of easier on myself, but also on, on my followers, I'm actually kind of focusing everything on at Ralph Velasco instead of getting brand specific because then I've got five accounts <laughs> that I need to uh, to focus on, which is really difficult. It really, really, really is. But uh, I don't do any Instagram ads and it's not something that I you know said, no, I'm not going to do those. I just really haven't focused on that, but I have done some Facebook ads. Do you get anybody reaching out to you that wants you to be an influencer? Like, hey, we're going to give you this if you speak the world about all of these things that you're going and see, like specific areas that you may go travel to, like a restaurant. If they you take an amazing picture of their outdoor space and their food, will they sponsor you? Do you get any type of sponsors from your travel? You know, at times I get people asking me about that, but it's not a thing that I've uh, gone after. I know a lot of people do kind of travel the world that way, and that's great. But, you know, I've got my business. I am already busy 60, 70 hours a week with it. I think that opens up a whole nother can of worms. And it's great if people can do that, but I don't know how sustainable that really is, you know, sort of trading pictures for a free night stay or, or a meal. It's, it's yeah. great if you can do it and if that works for you, but uh, it really doesn't work for me. But I do get approached at times for that. I really don't have that huge of a following, at least on the social platforms, just because I really don't pursue that. Uh, it's kind of just something that's grown organically. And I've got, I've got a very loyal following. And I think that's more important than having and hundreds of thousands of followers is to have thousands of followers that are really loyal. And that's 
the way I am. Yeah. 100%. So where else are you doing the marketing for your tourism business, your travel business, other than social media? Or is that your main form of marketing? It's a very main form of it. So it's it's something that I sort of do naturally and that I would do anyway. Just like I said, I enjoy sharing the places that I am and the things that I'm doing. And especially what I want to do with the new YouTube channel is, you know, right now we're sort of uh, in the middle or hopefully towards the end of this pandemic. And as you can imagine, my international travel business has been very much affected by it. But what I've been doing with my supposed free time, you know, the fact that I'm not leading tours, supposedly I'm just like sitting on a beach somewhere, but that is not the case. Um, <laughs> right. I, I'm busier than ever, although I plan to sit on the beach tomorrow here in Turkey. But this is really the first time I've really gotten away. What I was going to say is that just one of the many things that I've done with this time that we've had of not traveling, because when I'm on the road, I'm on the road eight or nine months out of the year with clients, five or six of those. And it's very difficult to do much outside of making sure that my clients are having a great time or being scouting and everything. So what I've been doing, again, is uh, creating a travel blog, creating the YouTube channel. But what I'm doing with the YouTube channel is going back into my archives of all the amazing videos that I've taken and the people I've met and the places I've seen, the things I've done. And I just can't wait to share those things with people and show them the amazing ways that they make bread in Morocco and Romania and Armenia and Georgia. And, and just, uh, I've, I've got this fascination with bread. Uh, I love bread. <laughs> carbs. I love carbs. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but what fascinates me is that around the world, we take these basic three ingredients, water, salt, and flour. And we turn them into this amazing variety of different types of bread. And so I'm out to share that with people because I've seen some incredible ways of making bread around the world. And just all the other the people I've met, the local guides that I have that have introduced me to incredible artisans and craftspeople around the world and showing us this just world-class stuff. So I'm going back into those archives and sharing those with my followers. That's that's my goal. That sounds amazing. And YouTube is very impactful too. I'm sure that you'll get uh, tons of thousands more followers and more people booking you in perpetuity for your, your travel tours. But you did bring up the COVID-19. So let's talk a, a bit about that. You know, of course, the travel industry right now has been super hard hit by that. How have you had to pivot? I mean, you did just say that you're busier now than ever. Is that the rebound? What's going on there? Yeah, you know, I'm busier than ever. Uh, right now, it's really just planting the seeds for the future because it's not stuff that's making me a whole lot of money right now, but I'm planting the seeds. I'm in a position where I'm what's called location independent, which means I'm a digital nomad with a camera and no permanent home. So I've got very low expenses and I can operate my business from wherever I am. And so planting those seeds, doing the things that I couldn't normally do when I'm on the road and busy with groups eight or nine months out of the year. But uh, the pandemic has uh, helped me to free up some time to do other things. 
And these are two of the many things that I've done. Also writing, you know, getting ready to write my book. I've just created some online classes. And so it's always been about trying to find more passive sorts of income, but I never cracked that code quite yet. (laughs) I like that. And that's the thing a lot of businesses have done and across the board is they've kind of taken a minute to look to inside themselves and regroup. Maybe they've redone their website or focused on something else like a blog or, or writing a book or just figuring out what their positioning is in their business. So Ralph, before we get into the what up wingnut round, I want to ask you, what are some mistakes that you see people making with their photography when you see marketing from other businesses on social? My number one tip is that if you don't like getting up early, then be a writer. <laughs> And I wish I had actually come up with that saying, but a photographer named Patrick Symes came up with that and I always quote him. But what I mean by that and what he means by that and what the reason I quote it is that uh, it's all about light. So being sure that whatever you're photographing is in the best possible light. And as you probably know, getting up early when that sun's low in the sky, you've got that golden hour, the Rembrandt light, those clouds in the sky that are going to burn off at noon. You've got long, soft shadows instead of the short, harsh ones. Thinking about how the light is affecting your subject and getting a proper exposure, that's super important. And also looking deeper into the scene. And what I mean by that is when you're photographing something or someone, look beyond them and even sometimes in front of them, how is the background or the foreground affecting the photograph? Is that proverbial telephone pole coming out of the person's head in the background that you're so focused on that person that you don't even realize that? Or is that the wires coming across and right through their head or even the horizon coming through their head? That's when I will get on my tippy toes, bend down a little bit. I call that manipulating the scene. So I'm moving around and I can see how that background and foreground are changing in relation to my subject as I move around. If I move around, I'm controlling that. Because a lot of times we say, you know, can you move a little to left or right or back? It's easier for you as the photographer to move around. Now that could be you're photographing a flower in a vase on a table of an interior and something behind it is either too bright or coming through it or distracting, try to get your subject against a clear background. And of course, there's always times when that's not the case or there's always exceptions to that. But uh, for the most part, moving around your subject, being aware of what's happening in the background and moving your position, manipulating that scene, I think people would get 10 times better photographs if they just be aware of the light and what's going on in the background. I love it. Or in my case, hire a professional photographer. (laughs) There you go. Uh, No, actually, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've actually taken some pretty good iPhone shots. I'm getting better. Natalie's actually a pretty decent little iPhone photographer, I got to tell you. I'm shooting more with my iPhone than I ever have. And I'll bet 50 to 60% of the time, I'm either shooting video or photographs with my iPhone. But what's the beauty of these devices is that you can also get panoramas, slow motion, time lapse. They do all this stuff. And then you can put them together 
in the iPhone with something called the memories feature in the photos app and put together a nice little slideshow or vignette of, of what your trip was or whatever the story is that you're trying to tell. It's so simple. Everything's in that one device. So I never discount the power of the iPhone or any smartphone. My creative director at my design firm keeps trying to convince me to do a photo shoot with an iPhone, and I just haven't gotten there yet. He swears he can do it, but maybe I should let him do it. The power of it's an Ralph, amazing. Now, you should let him. Yeah, right. It is. It really is. Ralph, now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Oh, my goodness. I think I'm ready. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? I would be an olive tree, and I would be an olive tree because... Number one, they tend to be in and around the Mediterranean, which is my favorite region of the world. That's where I am right now in Turkey on the Mediterranean coast. They live a long, long time. They produce olive oil, which is one of my favorite things in the world. And uh, just don't let anyone ever fool you into biting into a raw olive. Oh, I, I don't think I've ever done that. What happens? Yeah, you'll never do it again. Yeah, it's the most bitter thing you've ever tasted. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I will take your word for that. Thank you for saving us from all from that. What mm -hmm. would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I lived for today. Oh, good one. Was that off the cuff? Did you just make that up? That's very good. I'm very impressed. I wish I did, but it's something that I've said for a long time, although in a variation. And I, I took this round the world trip many, many moons ago when I was 24. And I've got this wonderful shot of me sitting in front of some graffiti in Crete, Greece. And it's, and the graffiti was, I live for today. And so it sort of become my mantra. And so that's what made me think about, yeah, that if it was on my tombstone, it would be, I lived for today. <laughs> yeah. It would have to be past tense, I suppose, wouldn't it? Past tense. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have only one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, absolutely. To be able to teleport myself around the world instead of sitting on planes, trains, and automobiles. I would just be there. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to guess it was either that one or flying, but that makes much more sense. And I've got my pilot's license, so I guess I already fly. So yeah, I would be teleporting. I, I just want to be there immediately and not have to put up with lines and <laughs> yeah. other people and uh, jet lag and all that stuff. <laughs> I want to teleport into a bank vault and then teleport right out <laughs> Yeah, but, but can, can you take stuff with you or what? Can you take bundles of money when <laughs> yeah, you teleport? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's oh, whatever fantastic. whatever rules. Whatever yeah, sure. fits in your pocket. Yeah, there exactly. you go. Yeah. <laughs> whatever fits in your bra. <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound effect on you, either personally or professionally. You know, I really loved the Steve Jobs book by Walter Isaacson. That was an interesting story about a very interesting person who was both flawed and a genius. What was the name of that book? Wasn't it Steve Jobs? I think it was just Steve Jobs. Was it? I have no idea. I I'm think asking so. You. All right. So the Steve, we'll put it in our show notes. Don't worry, guys. Go to wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. You know, that'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Ralph, please tell our audience listening where they can go to find out more about your amazing tours and just so they can uh, go over to YouTube and check all that awesome sauce stuff out. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So photoenrichment.com is where they could find out about my tours that are more focused around photography, but these are not workshops. So I take photographers and non-photographers alike, and everyone has a great time. The a la campagna experiences are less about photography and more about being in one, maybe two places 
for a shorter period of time, but really having a deep dive and great cultural immersion in those places, typically in and around the Mediterranean countries, staying in private castles and agriturismos and wine estates, former villas, beautiful properties, where the property itself is a destination. You may not want to leave. And then finally, uh, the the blog is continentaldrifter.co. And the YouTube channel is Continental Drifter as well. And everything's linked to each other all around. Ralph, thank you so much for joining us. I think I want to talk Natalie into taking one of those trips. That sounds amazing. Not the photographer one so much, although I, I think that sounds terrific too. But the one that's very immersive, the a la campagna experiences, Natalie, let's sign up. I think you would absolutely love it. And uh, it, they, they were named after a little homage to my mother, whose last name is Campagna. And it means countryside because Campania does mean uh, countryside in Spanish as well. You're right. But uh, the way that we spell it is C-A-M-P-A-G-N-A, but it means countryside. And these are tours that are to the countryside. So a la Campania. So that's the whole idea of these. You'd absolutely love it. Thank you. Do you do any tours in, in France? Yes, I do a Dordogne trip and uh, I'm working on one to Provence. Mm. So just... Fantastic Ooh, stuff. Did you do any during the Tour de France? I, I kind of want to go during the Tour de France and catch a couple legs. I don't. I, I love the Tour, uh, but I have not done that. I tend to try to stay away from the big and busy types of events, especially these days. Uh, yeah. You know, the Ala Campagna experiences I created about a year and a half, two years ago, and I would think I was a little bit ahead of the curve of where people are going to want to start traveling, how they're going to want to start traveling. And it's like really small groups to remote places, outdoor activities, hiking, those kinds of things instead of right. the big capital cities and, you know, lots of people and stuff like that. But I love the tour. And uh, so I can absolutely understand that. Me too. <laughs> and I do try to stay away from Europe in the summer, <laughs> to be honest with you, just because <laughs> of the crowds. Oh, okay. Great travel tips there and some and some extra additional insight there after our What Up Wingnut round. Guys, be sure to check out Ralph and all of his links will be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com. Ralph, thank you again for joining us so much. You have an amazing time in Turkey and enjoy whatever it is you're drinking. Oh, I just had some wonderful Rockies. So thank you very much, ladies. It was so nice to meet you and thanks for having me on the show. It was a pleasure. Um, Natalie and Giraffe. Yes, Jethro. You know, I had a little bit of a aha moment. I know. Maybe you might not want to go see the Tour de France, and maybe you'll just go on one of his tours. <laughs> on the A la Campagnas. In the green room after the show there, he actually has trips to France. I'm dying to go, but I kind of do want to go when the Tour de France is there. He just said so I to stay away from there when all the big things are going on, and he doesn't go in the summer yeah. because there's too many people. So, you know, seeing how he is a professional and this is what he does for a yeah, living, yeah, maybe yeah, you yeah, should yeah, take yeah. his advice. I liked his little insight on the travel. I'm not the travel industry is going to bounce back in more intimate engagement things like what he is doing and the hiking and the smaller trips. That makes a lot of sense rather than just going to a Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, this is, you know what, this or is the true. Tour de France. I kind of like how he said about his photos and how to become a better photographer is to see the picture within the picture yeah. and how to do that. That's well, that actually, was my aha moment, actually, yeah, okay, that I was getting well. at. Because it is like if you think of photography, the way you enter a scene, enter a room and how you visually take it in, in those segments, those sections, that that's perfect for social media marketing because you need the whole room 
to show clients your business, your aesthetic, how it is you work, but also those little vignettes to differentiate yourself and to show your personality and those close-up things. That was pretty smart. It was. And I do know the other day when you and I were having lunch and you snapped a picture of whose beer's bigger. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> on, what she said. On, yes, I know. And we were too impatient to wait till the uh, gentleman behind us moved out of the picture. So we put it in portrait mode so it would blur, blur, him, out? blur him out a little bit. But in all reality... <laughs> no offense, dude. In all reality, we should have waited until it was a clearer background in the foreground so we would know exactly what he said to do that we kind of just got in a rush. Yeah, this still was a cute picture of you with the two beers. Yours was was like four times the size of my beer, which is very telling. (laughs) All right. So professional photography, you know, I know Rex has been trying to get me to use the iPhone and I'm just... We probably should. We probably should have on that kitchen shoot. And we might on some smaller projects. I I might just go ahead and let them run with it. I'm a little bit of a control freak in that regard, huh? Yes, you are. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, guys. So that's it for today. Go out there, get your iPhone, practice some photography skills, take in what Ralph has told us with some tips today. And if you get stuck, you can always go to his YouTube channels and go pick up his book, 101 Tips for Developing Your Photographic Eye and More, because I think that is the biggest challenge, right? Is just developing that eye. Absolutely. The technical stuff just takes practice. But the eye thing, I think, is the thing that you really need to... Well, he said you don't have to be born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. But but so, you know, if you can improve that, I think that is uh, 90% of the battle. All right, guys, that's it for today. Please follow us on social at Wingnut Social on every channel God created. If you need help with marketing your high aesthetic luxury brand, give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. We'll be happy to hook you up. Natalie, you got anything else? Nope. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 1-877-WINGNUT to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. Whistly nose, whistly nose. Hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to whistle out of my nose. Do you have whistleitis? Photographer, photographer. Trust me, what could go wrong? Good boy, Mango.